It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. All right, we are back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the playground. My name is Herb, and I'm joined by my co-host, my good friend, who is starting a job tomorrow, Arik. Hey, buddy. What's going on, dude? Not much, yeah. Like I, uh, like I said, I just got, uh, just got home from a little mini, mini pre-starting the job weekend, uh, not that far away, just a little bit away from my house. Was, mm-hmm. That was nice. Uh, oh, I, uh, in basketball-related, but not really news, uh, Seattle destroyed the NHL pre-sale record. Yeah, I heard about so, that. It was like four times what they were hoping to get or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they passed the mark. that So it took Vegas two days to do like 7,000, and they did 10,000 in 12 minutes. Wow. So uh, that, that was the last like hurdle to getting a team. So uh, all expectation is that they will... They actually sold even way more than that. They, they maxed out. There's now a waiting list for season tickets for that team that doesn't even exist yet, that won't exist for like two years. But so the NHL is expected to announce pretty soon, um, certainly by June, but like I would expect actually quite a bit before that. Um, and would it then, be next season? No, it would be the season after. Okay. Because they have to build the building. They're not going to start building the building until October. Okay, I see. And then they'll they'll launch. But the cool for me, you know, I mean, hockey's cool. Like I will watch it. Especially that first season, be really excited, and I uh-huh. like hockey. But like, yeah. the real thing is that this puts pressure on. I mean, the, the NBA, NBA has to notice. Yeah. Like, holy moly! Like, that's no joke. Do they so, know what they would call the team? The hockey team. So that is a great conversation because the, all the names are terrible. Yeah, great conversation. Uh, <laughs> the the uh, the best comment I've seen about it actually was from. Um, so the ownership group is Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, you you have and, mentioned uh, this. Still hilarious. <laughs> Still hilarious, which is why I bring it up again. So um, they said basically like they're going to do – they're going to gather a lot of input from the public, and they have been already, and they're going to like – Like the Seattle make bad a choice, boys. And then everyone will hate them, <laughs> uh, which I thought was very prescient because everyone will hate them. The names are terrible. It's like the best ones I've heard. I mean, so obviously there's a lot of desire to reach back for some previous team. So that would be like the uh, Seattle Metropolitans won the 1917 Stanley Cup. Um, first American team to win, but that's a terrible name. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has nothing to do with Seattle. Already exists in baseball. Mm-hmm. Isn't great there either. Mm-hmm. Just not good. Uh, Seattle um, Thunderbirds is a pretty all right name, but it's the name of the minor league team, so they would be taking it away. Uh-huh. Um, Seattle Totems was a minor league hockey team in the past. Uh, there's some concern about sort of Native American sensitivities, although that one doesn't. I mean, we, I would not a Native American, so I would want to ask them, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't seem insensitive, specifically insensitive to me, but again, not Native American. Uh, and then um, Seattle, uh, what was the other one from the Oh, Seattle Pilots is one that I don't hate. Uh, that was the Milwaukee Brewers before they moved to Milwaukee. They were the Seattle Pilots. But And then there's like a bunch of names like Seattle Seawolves, which is awful. Seattle Kraken, which is like so awful, I can't believe it's a real thing. And uh, Seattle Emeralds is the one that my fiance thinks is the best of the ones she's heard. Um, still doesn't sound well, Sorry, what was that one? Seattle Emeralds, because it's the Emerald City. Oh, when I was a kid, uh, I had a bird, and I named him Emerald. Well, that's a great story. Yeah. What kind of bird was it? Uh, it was a parakeet. And what happened to it? Uh, it died. <laughs> yeah. Did it live to a long age, though? No, no. <laughs> Were you a good parakeet owner? Um, I mean, I, I was really that. young. It was like my parents teaching me responsibility. Uh, um, I definitely liked it. Like, I was, like yeah. I'd be on the bus Birds on my way cool. home from school, and I couldn't wait to see... My pal Emerald. Yeah. Um, when he died, I got really sad, but I didn't really mm-hmm. know how to kind of process grief and that kind of okay. stuff. And uh, I buried him in my backyard and basically by myself recreated the scene from Predator where the guy <laughs> who idolizes Carl Weathers like is burying him. He's like, it's just you and me now, Skit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's like, amazing. Like, like five years old bearing oh, probably a little older than that because I, I wouldn't have seen uh, predator that early i love that though that's a great story thanks dude uh yeah i uh i had a childhood pet as well but it, and it was a cat but she lived from the time i was like eight to like the time i was 26 or 27 mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's a little different um because i that was but i agree that was rough like i don't care how long they live that is rough man and when i when i was uh, growing up i had a kid that was uh, a kid I had a, kid. <laughs> I had a cat that lived to be, I think, about 18. 
Yeah, it's the same, roughly. Yeah. So yeah. I had a, I had it. You know, uh, my earliest memories. You know, we already had the cat, and then yeah. I was probably about twenty when the cat passed away, and it, it was, I was, I was just a wreck. a wreck. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was absolutely destroyed. It's crazy. <laughs> it, um, yeah, that stuff is intense. So, so I'm so, guessing Ark, the cinephile, is probably not going to watch the Oscars tonight. You are correct because you don't give a hoot. I don't care, and you know it's it's interesting because I was talking to. Uh, my fiance who does is interested, uh-huh. but I think she just like likes seeing all the you know what's going on fashion and stuff like that. I just, I mean, it's it they trick us into watching like a three hour high five session for themselves. Oh, it's like it's excruciating. First of all, yes, the actual watching of it is awful. It's so long and so boring. It's and so, so drawn out, funny, so drawn out. Everything is so high mind. Like it's all so important. But on top of that. I would care way more if the people giving the awards were not the people getting the awards. You know what That's I mean? That's fair, yeah. It's like we're just – they're just talking about how awesome You prefer are. something like the People's Choice Awards. I really do, actually. <laughs> I mean, I don't think they have it anymore, but it was it was way more entertaining. I mean, the MTV Movie Awards were more entertaining. Like yeah. The Oscars are just – I understand that, like, people – I also don't think it matters because you can't tell me what the Best Picture winner for 1987 was. Like, you just don't – you don't know. Wait, let me think about it. I might know. 87? Yeah, I randomly picked that year, but go for it. I'm going to look it up while you're doing it. So, 1990 was Dances with Wolves. That's even weird that you know that. 89, I want to say 89 or 88 was Driving so I said, So, I said 87. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm going backwards. Yeah. Okay. Mm, it's not going to be that interesting for me to try and remember it, but tell, tell me what it is. Uh, Best Picture, 87, Platoon. Oh, I should have remembered that. That movie is not that great. Can you name a single other nominee from 1987? Just one nominee. Didn't win. <laughs> oh, God. If I had to think about it. Are, is there any, like, thing, like, really obvious there? Like, a very... No. Something that's... Okay, so that, I guess... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the other nominees were Children of a Lesser God, mm-hmm. Hannah and Her Sisters. Oh, that movie's great. That should have won. The, the Mission. Uh-huh. And my favorite, but also the only one I've seen, A Room with a View. Oh, okay. The, uh, you haven't seen Hannah and Her Sisters? I have not. I've heard it's great. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I would say it's probably my favorite Woody Allen movie. I, I feel a little squeamish saying yeah, that because in the yeah. modern climate, uh, I, I have not watched a Woody Allen movie in a few years, yeah. and I don't know if I really can anymore. Um, so maybe you know Best Picture, maybe, some years, yeah. right? You definitely don't know Best Actor, right? From that year? Any no. year, but like 87. Who was the Best Actor in 87 and for what movie? Uh, well, it wasn't Charlie Sheen. I don't know. Paul Newman, Color of Money. Oh, okay. Like, it just isn't, it's not, I don't know. I like, I don't. I mean, I guess people, maybe people care. I guess people, I guess a lot of people care. I mean, clearly a lot of people care. Uh, I don't care. I think, and yeah. so I don't watch. It's like, it's it's been able to coast on its legacy for so long. Right. Um, been around forever. I was, I definitely, like, when I was in high school through, my early mid twenties, like I usually would watch the Oscars, you know, a couple of Oscar parties, things like that. And I always found it entertaining. And, and I, you know, it was just kind of something that was just accepted. Like, Oh, this is, this is the award that really matters. And maybe it felt that way because that's the one that it seemed like people really wanted, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's what they tell you too, that, that that's the push, right? Yeah. But, uh, that, it's, yeah, the whole thing is just such a farce. Um, and, it's crazy to say this because I I consider myself a movie buff. Yeah, I love going to the movies. Yeah, you're a movie buff. Yeah, and I've only seen one of the movies that was nominated for Best Picture. Which one? Uh, Get Out. Oh yeah, I need to see that. That's a that's a great movie. Great so movie. What was nominated? Uh, I have seen. You saw Phantom Thread. Phantom Thread, and that is the only one of these I've seen. Yeah. What's crazier is that I have seen zero of last year's nominees. Uh huh even though my aunt made one of them, and zero of the year before that. Oh, no, I saw The Big Short. Uh, that was good. I liked that. Big Short was um, good, yeah. And from the year before that, I've seen one as well. <laughs> like, And you like you know, highfalutin I, stuff. Like, I'm a movie just, buff, but, like, you know, I like well, Predator. It's not like highfalutin <laughs> stuff. It's just that I'm watching my way through the history of cinema, so that what's happening now is a little, like, it's just a little, I'm not there. It's not what I'm spending my time on. You yeah. can only you only have so much media watching time right that's very very true like i definitely so, want to see ladybird i want to see ladybird i want to see There's call me by your name like i don't want to see them yeah uh 
I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I just, but even if, even, even it is far more interesting to me who wins the Oscar. It's not particularly interesting, but it's far more interesting than uh, watching the Oscars. Yeah. So it's like, if they had it, because when the Oscars first started, it was obviously, it was not televised for re- obvious reasons. But like, sure. it wasn't televised actually for kind of a while, I think. And it was just a party that happened in private. And then you would see who won. That is fine. I Let's go back to that. But you know what? They can televise it. People can watch it. I just won't. I'm always amazed every year at how many people seem to care. Yeah, it's I'm, crazy. I'm people, like, people care. People who don't even care about anything else seem to care. But honestly, the people that really care about it probably would look at us talking about basketball sometimes and be like, <laughs> and be like why do you care about those that people's problems um anything else i want to say about the oscars cinephiles love it too i mean i'm not i will say that most of my uh hardcore what did you put it highfalutin movie watching friends mm-hmm. they do care about the oscars i just don't care i don't but i don't i'm trying to think if there's an award show that i've ever cared about i mean as i guess as a kid i watched like the some of the music shows like the uh what was that one that had the like kind of like diamond looking trophy like the AMA American Music Awards I don't remember I feel like that was fun to watch but like music awards are way more fun to watch anyway because it's just you get to hear music like I I mean I know they play the like best whatever at the Oscars but we'll play all the nominated songs but like you get to see all the music videos at like a music awards right yeah it's like I don't know I find that way more enjoyable but even then I don't watch them I just don't uh, watch this kind of stuff at all and also like the Oscars I mean what is it it's like it's almost like an NFL game, right? It's like 15 minutes of content in a three-hour window. It is super long, and it always goes long. It always ends up being like, it's supposed to be like three. I think it's like supposed to be two and a half hours, and it ends up going like an hour over every single time. I will say I'm glad that my fiance was watching last year and that I watched the end with her because that was hilarious. That was pretty amazing. I didn't see yeah. that at the time, although I think I think someone was like tweeting about it, so it was just like right after it. I was like, whoa, this, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, did, I would have seen, I could have seen the video anyway, but it was crazy to watch it live. The last time I remember enjoying the Oscars was uh, when Ellen DeGeneres hosted. She did a great job. Her and Ellen is a winner. What's that? Ellen's a winner. I like Ellen. She's hilarious, and she's got she's got the right sense of humor for something like that. Yeah, she's cheesy. She's funny, but in a corny way, but in a good corny. Yeah, she's like she's she can be sort of soft and mainstream, and not yeah. like cutting in the way that the oscars are supposed to not really be that cutting because like yeah. you know when david letterman hosted it it was like a disaster that kind of... i liked when chris rock hosted it chris rock was very funny where he's like especially like he's like look around you some of the people sitting next to you will not be here next year like got here today gone today <laughs> like, he's a funny guy <laughs> who like, does it now jimmy kimmel he kind of feels like ellen in that way yeah jimmy kimmel's fine he's safe I don't know. I'm I'm so so over that format of show. The yeah. you know the late yeah. night celebrity oh, interview God, and all yeah. that stuff. Like yes. I just I can't do it. Yeah. I just can't do it. It's just like no, I don't do it either. It's just the, the antithesis point? of comedy. Yeah, well, it's also just like a. It feels like a um, circle jerk, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it, there's nothing. What am I? What, what is the point of this? I'm not learning anything about anything. Yeah. Like so, all it's, the, it's not the that contrived anecdotes and, and oh yeah. Uh, just absolutely awful. I would. I much prefer the kind of um, John Oliver type stuff. I mean, not, it doesn't have to be political, but like the kind of one person uh, essay kind of vibe. Sure, uh, John Oliver's great. Samantha Bee is great. Samantha Bee is uh, great. There's a new one coming out. I hate to say that. Uh, I I really think the Daily Show's new host doesn't cut the mustard. I don't love him. I wish I did. I tried real hard. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, Trevor Noah we're talking about? Yeah. Um, I don't love him, but uh, that dude, Hassan Minhaj, is getting his own show. Oh, he's I'm great, really, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited about that. But uh, Jordan Klepper was really funny on The Daily Show, and his new show is, like, unwatchably bad. That sucks. I don't know if you've seen any of it, but it's, no, it's no, really, I, I'm not... really terrible. Trevor Noah, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't He doesn't seem to have the same... It, it's like he just copied the the copyable parts of Jon Stewart, but didn't, Mm -hmm. like, figure out what was important about Jon Stewart. Like, he doesn't have the, like, disregard for dumb things. I think he likes the dumb things. Like, like he's he's the one who's had that awful um, Tommy Larenchick on his show, like, a bunch Uh of times, really, like, given her a lot of air. Yeah, which is horrible. Horrible. It's so funny that you say that, because I was actually going to call you... I, I... you know, I think about things to say on the podcast sometimes uh, before we record, and I was going to introduce you today as the uh, uh, Tommy Loren of NBA punditry. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been 
very offensive to me <laughs> in like a funny way but yeah. i mean like i hate her like no, she's I, awful you know she's awful and she's awful professionally that's her job yeah like um, she's awful on purpose yeah. like I, I can say i hate her because i'm not talking about a person i'm not saying i hate the person i don't know the person i don't care about the person i'm saying i hate her shtick yeah no uh i i just feel oh. like when john stewart retired the daily show went from this like phenom um thing to this like thing that was like copied a lot you know there's a lot of that kind of like super left-leaning yeah satirical fake news thing yeah. around yeah and instead of finding a way to evolve it we basically ended up getting like a watered down version of it yeah it's not even as good as it was yeah and there's other things that are better than it was it's like it's just not good enough no yeah. Sp- speaking of hating people though uh i have been i think you and i have both at different times been re-watching Frasier. uh-huh and uh so good and i'm like just starting a rewatch right now and i just last night got to the i hate fraser crane episode do you remember that no i don't so the the some daily paper columnist in in seattle uh r- just writes a single sentence in his column one day and it's just i hate fraser crane <laughs> <laughs> that leads to fraser kind of losing his his mind and anyway they end up having like nice, a, nice a, save <laughs> thanks bud they end up having like a street brawl oh wow <laughs> that's amazing it's it's pretty wonderful. Now, I, I, do you I do you really enjoy? I mean, Frasier's obviously a really well acted and written show. Yeah. Um, but is it is the Seattle thing that kind of pushes it over for you? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Do you I like mean, Cheers? I would imagine Cheers would be for you the same thing, right? It's like ah, oh, Boston. I do like Cheers. No, so I needed a. I'll tell you what it is. I needed. I was looking for like a dumb old show from that era to kind of like have because I end up in this very specific to my life situation where uh, my fiance and I will watch something at night and then she will fall asleep uh-huh. and then she wants me to keep watching something while she sleeps for a little while but not the thing that we were watching because she wants to watch that. So I need something that is like You're lucky that man. level of like, <laughs> well, yeah, but it's like that level of like, I don't really care about this, but sure. it'll, it won't drive me crazy and it also can't be something that'll be super disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Frasier's kind of perfect for that. So I was, like, looking around, like, am I going to rewatch Friends or Cheers or Frasier or anything they have on Netflix, basically, uh, or Hulu or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was just like, oh, well, uh, Seattle, that's cool. Yeah. So I'll, I kind of, like, pushed me towards Frasier again. But I had forgotten how well-written Frasier was. Frasier is 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 a great Rosemark. show. Yeah. Um, and it's Roseanne funny. would work for that, too. Frasier breaks, breaks a lot of the rules for, like, what I like in sitcoms. Um, I generally don't like sitcoms about people that like don't have any financial problems or, or just sure don't really have any problems that I, I find real problems at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, problems I mean, are real dumb. Frazier is rich. Yeah, his biggest problem is like you know his dad doesn't respect him and like yeah you know his it's like his dating life is like a lot of like the drama of the show and like you know yeah like I can't stand Friends. I hate that show. <laughs> I really do. I believe it. Um, uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I was not a Friends fan necessarily when it was originally airing, and then I, I had a roommate later who was obsessed with it, and so we, and we had like a TiVo, and so he just TiVo every episode, and I kind of got in the habit of watching it with him. The uh-huh. thing about Friends that I kind of do like is that it's like kind of a subter, like, like it's kind of secretly a Jewish show. Sure, yeah. Even yeah. though it's not necessarily... Like, someone was talking about this uh, the other day. I was reading a post about Jewish humor, and they were talking about how Seinfeld is, like, the ultimate Jewish sitcom, uh-huh. but only one character on Seinfeld is actually supposed to be Jewish. Is George not supposed to be Jewish? No, George is supposed to be Greek. Oh, right. That makes sense. And Elaine is supposed to be a shiksa, right? Huh. A, a, a wasp. So, like, th- those characters are extremely... Uh, uh, stereotypically Jewish, uh-huh. uh, but are not meant to be Jewish because apparently network execs at the time were worried that if they all the characters were Jewish, no one would watch the show. Yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. But, um, you know, growing up, I think I've mentioned this on the show before, growing up there was, there's always been a lot, a lot of Jewish uh, people involved in, in, in American media, but uh, there weren't a lot of Jewish characters. Uh-huh. So uh, as a kid, I was watching more like, black characters because they were more relevant to my 
experience than like so like as a kid I was much more into like the Cosby show as much as that now feels weird or Different World which I still love and I'm currently watching my way through again Mm -hmm. than I was say like the Wonder Years because the Wonder Years did not speak to my cultural experience like at all I was just like I hate all of these people and do not understand anything that's happening on this show so like why is he not just telling his parents that he's annoyed with them why is he being so weird like I just didn't it was not my experience so Um, so, so then later in the nineties, we got some amount and, but at first it was kind of coded, right? Like, oh, Jerry Seinfeld's obviously Jewish, but the show's not Jewish or like friends is, I guess Ross and Rachel were supposed to be Jewish, but it's not a Jewish show, but like, it kind of felt very much more culturally. So friends is also like very whitewashed in a lot of ways, but there was like some level of kind of subterfuge there, which was kind of interesting. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, friends is friends. I mean, yeah, friends is, uh. I, I, I just think in that era, especially when you're talking about, like, the really kind of iconic, successful shows, there, there are a handful that really stand out. And, yeah. you know, as I've mentioned, and as you kind of just uh, uh, referenced, I've, I've been making my way through uh, old episodes of Roseanne, you know? You sure have, yeah. And what a great show. What's that? What a great show. Yeah, it's, it's like, a, it's amazing, you know? Yeah. It is so well written, and, uh, you know, I mean, you want to talk about something that was, like, a hard sell to American audiences. You have this... This lead character, who's kind of the center of the show, is not conventionally attractive. Um, she's or, not, or conventionally appealing either. Yeah, she's very abrasive. Yeah, um, very uh, uh, kind of like a bully. You know, not not like yeah. sort of a not an extremely pleasant person, and it just totally yeah. works because she's so funny and it's so well written. You know, and there's like a line. Uh, you know, uh, two of the main characters are Roseanne and her sister, who's played by Laurie Metcalf, who's nominated for an Oscar tonight. Um, for three bullet boards? Oh, uh, no, uh, uh, Lady Bird. Oh. oh. She's the mom in Lady Bird. Oh, crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. So, you know, they have a very difficult relationship with their mother. And I was just watching this episode the other day <laughs> where uh, Jackie gets in a fight. Jackie, Laurie Metcalf's character, gets in a fight with their mom. And the mom kind of, like, breaks down and admits that, like, it was hard for her to be a mother. And she was young, and she didn't really know what she was doing. And she kind of apologizes. And Jackie runs over to Roseanne's house, and she's like, Roseanne, mom just admitted to me that she was a bad mother. And Roseanne's response is like, you mean, like, a bad mother? Like, Shaft was a bad mother? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wow, that's so good. (laughs) And again, it's just like... You know the the relentless, the relentless bleakness of their uh, financial Circum- situation. Yeah, their circumstances is is, is something that is uh, I always found extremely relatable. You know, and I was mm. my family wasn't as poor as the Connor family when we were growing up, but you know we we had we certainly had a budget and we had to make our money work. And then when I kind of struck out on my own and I was independent, um, I definitely know what it feels like to be under the squeeze you know and when you're living you know sometimes day to day trying to make your budget work and trying to get by and like they capture that um in a way that's like it's just cathartic to watch you know and it's real i also know what that experience is like uh, both as a young person and as an adult Mm -hmm. and uh and so there's a lot to relate to there with some of the shenanigans i've gotten into to kind of get by and some of the um you know, I think anyone who has ever, like, you know, it's not silver spoons, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I think anyone who could, who, who's ever struggled in any way financially has something to relate to in Roseanne. And then it's also just really, really, really funny. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, you know, there's, there's in that era, a lot of great casts. Obviously, Seinfeld's cast was just outside of Seinfeld himself. Very funny and charismatic, yeah. not a great actor. Yeah. It was, you Seinfeld. know. Murderers Row, yes. you know. Yeah, yeah, incredible. But, uh, I mean, you got John but Goodman. Don, John Goodman? I mean, forget about it. That alone, like, John Goodman. That guy is a caliber of actor that's way above uh, uh, sitcom status, you know? Someone well, the that fact could... that he was even on it, yeah, nowadays maybe you'd see someone like that. I mean, he was on The West Wing, right, briefly, but maybe you'd see someone like that on, on like, a high-end, you know, an HBO show or, like, a high-end drama, but on a sitcom? Yeah, not something that did, like, 25 episodes a year. No. Yeah. Wild. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> should we talk about <laughs> basketball? Yeah, we're about 25 minutes in. This is early for us. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so, uh, yeah, we got a bunch of stories. So we should probably we just kind of quickly go through some of these. You know, we can, we can linger on some if, if, if there's stuff if to be said. Lingerable. But uh, 
we haven't, this will hopefully go up within a week of the last one going up, but we actually haven't recorded in about a week and a half, so there, there's some catching up to do. Um, uh, so these LeBron James to Philadelphia uh, rumors are getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, uh, it still feels like it's a little bit of just that kind of like media echo chamber, but uh, just kind of curious, you know, we've, we've talked about this a little bit before, but uh, have, have your thoughts changed at all? People seem to be getting pretty excited and a lot of people are, are taking the position that this is the best fit for LeBron, you know, playing with. Yes. People are saying that that would be the best, uh, basketball situation. For yeah. Him. Uh, I don't know. That is hard for me to say because people are obviously comparing the rosters today and then just inserting LeBron. Yeah. And that's a very like, common thing to do but it's it's also like a video game move like oh i'll mm-hmm. just put lebron in here and it's like no uh if they sign lebron and he takes up an immense amount of uh the cap like who else is going to be on any particular team like if it's just literally if it's just lebron ben simmons and and joel Embiid, like is that a well, don't forget about my boy is... markel fultz yeah that's right uh i did indeed forget about your boy markel <laughs> fultz um who else is on that team like what, what sarich is, is very good uh, Dario Sarge, yeah, but can they keep him? Like, I just don't know the financials, you know. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you're what. But basically, what you're if what you're saying is, is there a better, you know, if we assume that, and I don't think that this is necessarily accurate. By the way, I think this has happened once, and we're extrapolating a pattern. But if we assume that what LeBron wants to do is find the best young core mm-hmm. and join it, that has actually never happened. He found one young player, and then they traded for another, right? Like, yeah, I, I think. And not to interrupt you, because I know you're making a point, but I, I think one Go thing ahead. that really stands out about this is this team is a lot younger than, like, what LeBron historically seems to like. Like, Yeah. Well, he went to the Heat with people who were the same age as him. Yeah. And when he came back to the—and and even when he came back to the Cavs, Kyrie was not super young, and and Kevin Love certainly was not super young. Kevin Love wasn't super young, and Kyrie, Kyrie Irving was young, but also uh, clearly a, a superstar, you know— yeah, he'd been carrying that team. Yeah. And so I just think that people are looking at this in a really weird way. Now, I also don't know why we've all decided that Kevin, that LeBron James is definitely leaving Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why we decided he's going here or there or the other thing. I mean, it just, the whole thing seems really weird to me. I mean, I guess it's just fun for people. Yeah, it's so, just fun to talk about the hypothetical. On the fun level, there are a few contenders here, right? He, mm-hmm. There's the T-Wolves. Mm-hmm. Which would probably make our mutual friend lose his mind. I think you're the only one that really seems to think that that's in play. Oh, I don't think it's in play. Okay. No, no, no. Let me be clear here. I'm not suggesting that could happen. I'm suggesting that that is a interesting. I'm just I'm just naming situations that have talented, promising, sort of youngish players that he might want to go play with. If we assume let's the limit, let's going. limit our conversation to the, the things that have been floated out. And I'm not so saying that, that that's and necessarily uh, accurate, but it seems like. The, I'd say there are four things. Oh, that, what are the four? Please. It's him staying in Cleveland. Okay. Him going to Philadelphia. Okay. Him going to L.A. Okay. Or him going to Houston. Yeah. So of those four, uh, Philly is the only non-Cavalier spot that I think he could – that I would make me even be vaguely okay. Mm-hmm. Like, L.A. is like, what? Why? Like, that's so – boring and awful and dumb like what why if he Do you really, if want he to really wanted to, to play in la he should have done it after in, miami at the exactly Lakers. like yeah. why are you going to la now like yeah. that's you're not ever going to be a laker great you're going to be you know you're going to be like a, a laker um a, a hitman you know or a laker uh, uh rental yeah so there's no, just, there's no way that you can surpass you know kobe even oh yeah definitely not kobe or even Shaq. like yeah. i mean I just don't. I don't. I don't see it. I don't understand why you would do that. I don't buy the his houses there in the summer. They all have houses there in the summer. <laughs> uh, so the, and then Houston is just like, oh my god, shoot me. Yeah. Like because that just creates a second absurd mega super team. A B, a, B the what a horrible team that would be to watch play. C really like just really. Uh, so just yeah. in all ways, I don't like that. Now, if he stays in Cleveland, more power to him. I think that's a classy move. He's already won 
a couple rings. I know he's chasing Jordan or whatever, but like people understand that situations are different, blah, blah, blah. Um, but if he goes to Philly, that's like kind of interesting. It's interesting. I just think like I think if he's gonna go through this whole ordeal of changing teams again. Yeah. I think go he's Chris gonna go with a little bit more of a sure thing. So Houston. You think he'll go to Houston? Yeah. You know, Ben Simmons is great, but he but he's can't young. shoot he's a rookie. And he needs the ball in his hands a lot. So yeah. is that and really Joel a guy that, like, on the court. LeBron should play with? And then right. yeah, Joel Embiid has all these like health concerns, and then you've got like a lot of, you know, kind of unknowns, you know. Um so it seems, you know, people in Philadelphia are, are really, really in love with this idea, and they're getting really excited. And you've got a lot of journalists that are going, oh, I think this is going to happen, because journalists talk out of their butts because they have to fill, fill up time and create content. But um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I agree. I think it's interesting because it's, it's so impossible to predict how that would turn out. I just don't yeah. really think it's that feasible. Oh, I don't think he's going to Philadelphia. I'm just saying, and I don't even, I, I really don't understand why they think he's going to Philadelphia. Those uh-huh. billboards were hilarious. But yeah, I agree. If he leaves, I think it'll either be the Lakers or Houston. Um, and if he goes to the Lakers, it will not be alone. Right? Yeah. So uh, I'm on board with all of that. I just uh, would be the most excited if he was going to Philly because it's just like, wow, that's really random. I'd be so bummed. <laughs> if you went to Philly? Cause you, yeah, because east. they're in the same division as Boston. Get out of the East, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know what? I'm going to say my number one choice is that he goes to a rejuvenated Supersonics that somehow starts playing next to him. <laughs> <laughs> We're saying things that are not going to happen. Yeah, that'd that's be pretty what I'm cool. going to go with. Um, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, bring, Se- bring basketball back to Seattle. What could be better than that, LeBron? Do you ever listen to the uh, the Ringers uh, NBA shows? I, I don't usually, but I actually did just this week because um, Haralabob was on. Uh-huh. Haralabob Bulgaris, who I am a huge He's great. enjoyer of. He's great. So There's, I listen to that one. Why do you ask? There was this one. Uh, I don't remember which one it was, and I don't remember who the people were because uh, well, I'm not great. super That's familiar. But uh, they were talking about this, you know, are the Rockets as good as the Warriors? Can the Rockets beat the Warriors? And this uh, one of the one of the guys from the yeah. ringer was like, um, the Rockets are really turning me into hard, a hardcore Warriors fan because with the Rockets, it's like they're playing with a cheat code. It's like... Are you kidding what? me? Like, he's basically implying that the team is, like, it's, like, unfair, and he doesn't like, like, it's unsporting. And it's like... But he's comparing it to the Warriors as yeah, the I couldn't sporting believe alternative. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, that is why I don't listen to that show, because <laughs> most of the hosts on there seem to me to be clueless. Yeah. Um, I have listened to a few episodes, and I am just not a fan. A lot of, you know, one of the things that Simmons did really, really well at Grantland uh-huh. It wasn't just that he hired the Gladwells and the whoever's of the world. He found a lot of young up-and-coming writers who had been doing it but hadn't had their break necessarily. Mm-hmm. And he really made them, uh, uh, you know, give them their break. I'm thinking of Zach Lowe, of course, who is our favorite, but also Bill Barnwell mm-hmm. and and uh, a lot of people. Like, there were a lot of people who came out of that channel or that site that were really great. I haven't seen the same thing with the ringer a lot of kevin, their, kevin, I mean, like kevin o'connor kevin o'connor's the best one and i was about to say that <laughs> but uh jonathan sharks yeah and jason concepcion uh-huh. and chris vernon uh-huh. and chris ryan uh-huh. juliet Littman. juliet Littman. they none of them are of and like did you listen to the episode of um oh god was it i think it was simmons house or no it was simmons oh no it was that one i was listening to with um with Haralabob. So it was Simmons, uh-huh. Haralabob, and, and I think Chris Ryan. Uh-huh. And Chris Ryan was being such – and if I'm wrong and it's not Chris Ryan and it's one of the other Chris's or somebody else who works at – whoever it was from the the ringer that was on this thing, it, they were so annoyingly ass-kissy. Yeah. And trying to, like, get comments in just where they would just repeat whatever one of the other two people said. And you could tell that Haralabob specifically was just like, who is this clown? <laughs> Uh, because he was just, like, so dismissive and just, like, be like, uh, okay, um, yeah, I think actually maybe, you know, like, or just, like, you could tell that he was just like, why is this dude here? What is he adding? I don't, I don't think I feel quite as strongly, uh, as you do about it. I do listen to it sometimes because I've got, especially at work, I've got a ton of time to listen to podcasts. Um, 
and uh, you know, I just like listening to basketball stuff. So I'll uh, every now and then I'll throw something on. I do think sometimes they have like good content, but on the other hand, uh, there it is. It does feel like this weird hybrid of like uh, uh, basketball journalism and almost like like the TMZ TV show, right? Yeah. yeah. It has that vibe. By the way, I just want to apologize to, I think, Chris Ryan. It was Jason Concepcio. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just want to get this right in case they're listening. We, we, we got to keep moving, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's move. <laughs> so, sticking with the Cavs, uh, J.R. Smith threw soup at an assistant coach <laughs> and got suspended for a game. Wow. I love this story. Wow. I don't know. I love that he won't talk about it, and he doesn't know what type of soup. He knows what type like, of soup it was. Oh, I know he knows what type of soup. I'm saying I love that he won't talk about it, and he doesn't know what type of soup. I love everything about this story. Uh, it's wonderful. Um, <laughs> I <don't> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Who throws soup? Hilarity aside. Uh, yeah, which it is funny. It's super funny. Yeah. Um, wait, we got some breaking news. I'm sorry to go back to the last story. Do, do I we just, have some breaking news? I just saw this. Well, it's not breaking, but. Oh. <laughs> we have some breaking news that's not breaking. Well, it's from this morning, and I didn't see okay. it because I was working. LeBron James posted, uh, it was either earlier today or yesterday, it's a picture of him and Ben Simmons on a basketball court. LeBron is smiling at him like he's looking at his son, and he says, I told you all a while back that my young king was next in line, getting better and better every night out. Tonight, another example of that. Fun to watch and compete against you again and again. Against you, again, and the process. Remember, little bro, settle for nothing less than greatness. So, people in Philadelphia really like that one. Sorry, we can... <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and... <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. J- no, 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 totally worth it. Oh, that's a great photo. J.R. Smith uh, throws the soup at this guy's head. No one knows soup. why. No one knows what no kind of soup it Damon was. Damon Jones's head, right? It was Damon Jones? I think so, yeah. It's very funny, um, but I, I think what's interesting about this is that this is definitely a sign that, like, you know, all the kind of sunshine uh, around these, like, massive Cleveland trades, oh, you know, they're, yeah. they're like three and four now, um, which is bad, but there's, you know, they're also figuring it out, so you got to kind of, like, be patient a little bit. Um, I don't know, like, it's just like, yeah, it just seems like this team is still kind of like a little dysfunctional it seems like that's i mean that would never happen in san antonio it would never happen it wouldn't even happen in golden state no 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 and they have draymond green who's like the biggest knucklehead in the whole nba uh yeah it's crazy um so yeah i don't know The, the more the season progresses and the more it looks like the uh the trades they made were a slight upgrade that seems to have uh, severely, more so, limited them financially. I, I just really get the feeling that LeBron is not going to stay. Uh, I don't know. I think it really depends on where the season goes and what the future looks like and what LeBron wants and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I guarantee you he doesn't want soup thrown in him. Yeah. Well, we talk about Cleveland way too much. Let's move on. Let's move on to tanking. Yeah, so uh, this is a little bit of an older story, but still pretty interesting. Um, uh, Mark Cuban... uh, Sort of admitted to tanking. Yeah, publicly said, like, hey, it makes sense. And he's right, you know? He's right. But he got $600,000 poor. Yeah, so he got fined $600,000 for uh, very softly admitting that they're tanking. He just basically he said losing is their best option. No. He didn't say they were doing it on purpose, but he did say that it was good. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Adam Silver, it's kind of a long statement, so I'm not going to read the whole thing. But he basically uh, kind of like, you know, he basically said, there's going to be a price to pay for all you teams that are tanking. You know, we must do everything in our power to protect the actual and perceived integrity of the game. And then... Besides, you know, the fine didn't really uh, uh, indicate what the the consequences would be for tanking teams. Um, I I found this like I I generally like Adam Silver and I think he's done a pretty good job, but I thought I think he comes off like really bad here because it's like 
Dude, who are you? Adam Silver. Yeah. Or, or, uh. Well, Cuban's having a bad year. <laughs> Cuban is not having a good year. But, like, as far as tanking goes, it's like, you know, I don't like it. I don't like it when teams tank. But right. I also understand if you're Dallas or if you're any number of teams, like, tanking makes sense. And it's the way the league is set up, you know? Tanking is incentivized. It, you, you know, you need to get, uh, really, really good players to be really good. And the way to get them through the draft is to be really bad. And, you know, if San Antonio didn't tank, they would have never gotten Tim Duncan. Right. That guy transformed the franchise. No, no, no. I mean, there's, there's basically no way if you are any team, except the handful of teams that are, uh, destination teams at any given point, if you are any other team, the only option you have is to try to, uh, draft a superstar. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to, or well, not only because people find people in places like um, Giannis, but I mean, is Giannis the best superstar to be drafted that low ever? I mean, you know. Yeah, you just, yeah. You're, you're talking just, about the, almost an exception that proves the rule. Right. There. The more yeah. shots you have at the top of the draft, the better chance you have of finding that player. And once you get one, you can get two, and then you collect assets. And yes, you still mess it up half the time because it's hard, but you know. Yeah, I mean, even the Warriors, for all their ridiculousness, drafted three of the four guys, and they tanked. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah, but and then, and but I think, and Silver's saying, basically, if you read between the lines of Adam Silver's response, it's like, yes, we understand you're going to have to tank, just don't make it look like that's what you're doing. Yeah, and I think that's because, like really annoying. It's like if yeah, you I agree. have an issue with this, change the way the system works. You know. And people are coming up with all these crazy suggestions, and I don't necessarily like them. And again, I don't really like tanking, but um, I don't know what a perfect alternative is. And I don't know. I've I've come to accept it's just sort of like I, I think there are bigger problems with the issue uh, with the league than tanking. And I think in in the modern era, people are savvy enough. Like Philly fans, kind of loved it when they were tanking. You know, they were yeah, all about. They understood, and by the way, it paid off. Look at their team now. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're po- poised. They are the reason we're talking about whether LeBron goes there or not. The best player in the league is because they have a really intriguing young core, and it looks like they're about to explode. To find to find a guy over a half a million dollars for just admitting that it's happening, it's crazy to me. And I know a half a million dollars to Mark Cuban to Cuban, yeah, is not much, yeah. But um, I don't know. I just think it's I think it's like it just makes to me it makes Adam Silver look really ineffectual that that was his response, like an, sure. em- an empty threat and this sort of like this statement that the league won't tolerate tanking. It's like, who are you yeah. kidding, dude? Like this is, <laughs> this has happened literally every year that, you know, since he's worked in the NBA, there's been tanking and it works. You know, there are so many teams whose current success is directly the result of them tanking. I don't know. I just think he. I think well, I guess I, I guess I would say I like Adam Silver a lot, and I know you do too. But I guess I would say that um, if you're going to come out this hard against tanking, maybe you should also come out this hard with some sort of solution. Exactly. That's that's all I'm saying. I agree. All right. Rapid fire. Well, not rapid fire, but that's that's enough on that. Unless you have anything else to say. No. No. Let's cool. move on to the next story because I find it very interesting. Yeah. So Kevin Durant says that NBA player salaries shouldn't be made public. Now, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We should say, to be clear, that the the angle that he's coming at uh, this with is that he he thinks that it is negatively impacting future players and people who have uh, aspirations to be athletes. It's not. Yeah. It's not that he doesn't want the general public to know. Um, yeah. But I think. Uh, I th- I think it's like not like super thought out. I think it's obviously to me it's like a really bad idea. What do you think? Well, I I my initial reaction was the same as yours. I was like, well, that's random and weird. But then I thought to myself, why is it that that NBA that athlete salaries are pretty much the only salary of anyone that we know? Mm-hmm. And I I just don't have a good answer for that. It's like why? I mean, I don't know what you make. Right, and yeah, you probably guess. <laughs> no, that's not the point. <laughs> the average person on the street does not cannot Google. You know what does Herb Vanderpool make? 
And uh, well, they can. It's, won't get a lot of. They won't get anywhere. Sorry to continue. I'm just really It's amazing. Uh, so you know, I, I just don't know why. Um, a, sort of a singularly or alone amongst all professions, athletes' uh, salaries are all public, and I would imagine that that causes some amount of problems for their parents, for their friends, for them, you know, uh, for their with their families, okay. et cetera, et cetera. Okay. First of all, it's not like if they suddenly didn't disclose the exact amount that athletes were making. It's not like their friends and family wouldn't know that they were super rich. It's not like Kevin Durant could be like, oh, no, man, I'm only pulling in 60K a year. I got to take care of no, myself. No, 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 clearly not. But there is a difference between knowing that someone you know makes a lot of money and knowing what a lot means because everyone's a lot in their head is different. Now, if they changed it tomorrow, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. everyone pretty much already knows roughly what that's going to be. But if they had never made it public, then we would know – NBA players make a lot of money, but what's a lot? You know what I mean? We wouldn't know, like, if it was $1 million a year or $100 million a year. Like, we wouldn't know. Balancing the roster budget is such an important part of constructing an NBA team. Correct. You know, you look at, again, you look at how, you know, you, you look at Philadelphia's situation. You look at Cleveland's situation. You look at teams who've been really, really great with a cap teams that have completely mismanaged it. Right, but it doesn't change. Why would that change? So, I mean, I guess, like, theoretically, maybe you know the total roster budget in that situation. Like, I mean, how how much are you really uh, uh, keeping salary secret? Um, Or maybe you don't know the total roster budget. The NBA is the only one who needs to know. Well, in which case, then we, we don't know this aspect of how teams are constructed, and I, I don't know. I think I think the transparency, trans, sorry, transparency, <laughs> the transparency is high. I wonder if that's a real word. That might mean something. No, um, transparency. <laughs> I think the the financial transparency is pretty crucial because it's it's one of the most compelling uh, uh, aspects of of sort of uh, you know that front end uh, management. Uh, part of the game it's very compelling and it gives knowing that makes teams accountable to their fans i don't like the idea of not disclosing that to fans and just taking it on faith that you know a team like the bulls who are super cheap and have really limited their team's success because they refuse to go over the cap you know i would i want to know that as a fan you know yeah, but your this so this is that's make perfect sense to me. But your desire to know something as a fan doesn't mean that I deserve to know it. Doesn't mean that you deserve to know it. And I'm just saying that um, from Kevin Durant's perspective, I can see reasons why for the players it would be better if you didn't know it. Both good reasons and less good reasons. I'm, I'm sure not it's saying that great for the players do if we don't know it. I'm not saying we should do it. I'm just saying I I think it's a little more subtle than like initially I was just like yeah that's dumb and now I'm like well I don't know I kind of get what he's saying and I kind of think that I do wonder why we get to I mean it's obviously a collectively bargained thing right like the reason we get to know is because the league wants us to know and the players have agreed to let us know right Mm -hmm. because they want to be part of the league I just wonder if uh yeah I just wonder I just wonder what it would be like if it was different and I don't know that I have an answer to the question but I do think it's interesting and I do agree with you that Kevin Durant's thoughts, at least as of now, ha- seem pretty off the cuff. Um, I don't know if he has a deeper take on it. He certainly might. He's a he's a pretty um, sometimes can be a pretty deep guy. Uh-huh. But uh, we haven't heard it. We've just heard the kind of off the cuff comment. I would love to hear more. Yeah, I I I I think he has a he's got a great point that young people are kind of. Chasing it for the wrong reasons. Sort of crasser and more financially motivated when they see these crazy salaries. But uh, I I just think, like, I don't know. If they, if they, I don't know either. If they were like, hey, we're going to slowly pull back, and in 10 years, you're not going to know what anyone's making, I I would be furious. Not because (laughs) I care about what individual people are making, but I think that big picture stuff is really uh, important. Well, that is a great reason to do it because anything that makes Herb furious 
makes me smile. Well, no, you not really. Good, no, I'm just kidding. But it'd be fun. It'd be fun radio. It'd be good radio. Okay, couple of quick hits. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this rumor and who knows how much. Yeah, this makes uh, no sense to is me. Is to it? Yeah, uh, Doc Rivers could replace Jeff Hornacek if New York fires Jeff Hornacek. Um, yeah, my, my my response to this is cool. Yeah, what? Um, like why? <laughs> I already this article is kind of old too, so I forget. Okay, so Mark Berman from the New York Post says that Doc enjoys New York and he respects the city and he respects the organization, which is nonsense. There's no way that Doc Rivers respects the New York Knicks organization. No, because nobody respects yeah. the New York Knicks organization. No, they are a they are a, they're a joke. They've always been a joke, and until. James Dolan sells that team will continue to be a joke. No one respects them. Um, But yeah, for some reason, people are kind of uh, drawing conclusions that uh, Doc Rivers could end up in New York City. Um, I just want to say that I think that this is a pretty insubstantial rumor, but I wanted to talk about it because I really hope it happens because I would love, (laughs) I would (laughs) love to see Doc Rivers coach the Knicks. Now, yes, I agree. That would be the funniest possible outcome. I know he's actually been uh, uh, moderately successful this year with young yeah. players on the Clippers, which yeah. before this year, it seemed like he was completely unwilling to deal with non-veterans, you know? Correct, yeah. He's done a little better this year, but I mean, he still has a couple of vets, um, and he's got some consistency over there. The idea of him going to the, the hapless, rudderless Knicks who have who are in this perpetual state of arrested development. Um, man, please, <laughs> Doc, please do it. I would love it. Yeah, I think it'd be great. You can probably turn him around. You'll be a hero in New York. Yeah, that's a lovely New York. If you if you yeah. make it in New York, you can make it in forever. I've heard that. Uh, okay, anyway. <laughs> the funniest story of the week, and uh, most... Hardcore basketball fans have seen the story, but just on the off chance that any of our handful of listeners have not, this just needs to be pointed out because this is one of the funniest things that I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, there was a Pacers game, uh, and on their local broadcast, uh, they put up a graphic, uh, you know, when they say, uh, Anthony Davis is the first player since Wilt to average 35 and 10 for a single month, you know. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes those statistics are really, really interesting. Um, and sometimes they're more than a bit of a stretch. Um, and in this case, uh, this is probably the most extreme example of the latter. Um, talking about their Thaddeus Young, uh, they, they posted an image that said, uh, uh, players with 800 games to average at least... 13.5 points, 5.9 rebounds, 1.4 steals on 49% field goal shooting and 30.3 three-point shooting uh, over the course yeah, of, of at least 800 games include Thaddeus Young, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, and Magic Johnson. <laughs> wow. So I don't know why you're mocking this. I think this is definitive proof that Thaddeus Young is as good a player as Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan and LeBron James. I think we've just been dramatically sleeping on this guy. And uh, and he's a future first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay. First of all, the next lowest scoring average on that list is probably Magic Johnson. And that's even probably, what, like 16, 17 points. Plus, <laughs> Magic, I'm going to look that up. Plus, the guy, you know, put up tons of assists. Tons. You I know, mean, Jordan averaged like 35 points a game. And LeBron and Larry are probably both somewhere in the early 20s over that stretch. Magic um, Johnson averaged 19.5 points per game, 7.2 rebounds per game, and 11.2 assists per game. Yeah, so at least 13.5 points. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love this list. My I love God. it. You can construct any stat you want. It's just so funny to think about, like, some young Pacers fan who maybe doesn't have uh, as much basketball history knowledge as, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, deranged old super fans like ourselves. You know, some some young kid watching this game and seeing that stat and going, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I want to just take random 
role players through the NBA and just look at exactly their club. <laughs> just yeah. see, like, no one is only five guys. There's a great tweet response. Players with at least one J in their name include Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Joe Young. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love it. I remember, like, back in the day, because I feel like basketball stats have always been ridiculous, but I remember back in the day watching some game, it's a Bulls game, that's how long ago, Jordan Bulls, and they were like, this is the most points that anyone has ever scored in this arena on a Tuesday night when it was raining. Yeah. And you're like, wow, I bet he's going to put that one on his... Uh, his highlight reel, you know, it's like they just they just can't help themselves. I, I love it. I think it's amazing. And as I said, Thaddeus Young for MVP. We're we're all very very happy for Thaddeus Young. Um, Thaddeus Young. What do you greatest think? Greatest basketball player. What do you think he thought when he saw that? Thaddeus Young. Yeah. Do you think he was like? I think he started Come laughing, on, guys. I think he started laughing. I, I if I if it were me, I would have a good sense of humor about that. But I don't know enough about Thaddeus Young. You've got a good sense of humor about yourself. Thanks. Um, yeah, well, I thought that was hilarious. Um, it's really funny. It's really, really funny. Yeah. Check it out. Just look at it. Gaze at it. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, stare into its eyes. I feel Those like local broadcasts, they're so fun. They really are. They really are. Yeah. I love having league, league pass. Um, we're blessed. The only other thing that we have listened... We, I, I told you about this article, and then I said we shouldn't talk about it on the show, because I'm sick about talking about these people. And then you decided, all I want to do is talk about it. Well, the article's actually really good, and it's really, really interesting. Good. And really, uh, really I, I just wanted to really kind of good. like say uh, people. As a shout out for people should read it. Yeah, there's a there's an article on Bleacher Report um, about the uh, farce that is the the Ball family Lithuanian tour um, that that paints a really uh, interesting picture. Um, you know, if the article is to be believed, and I believe it, um, I believe it. Uh, you know. Uh, Lamelo and Liangelo. Who's the other one? Liangelo. Is it Liangelo and Liangelo? Yeah, because they call yeah. Mello and Jello. Um, yeah. So they're they're uh, you know, Lamelo left high school to go pro in Lithuania. Liangelo was uh, sort of a disgraced, uh, kicked out of school. So he also went to Lithuania, um, and they're now playing on a a kind of uh, a. Below Third average. tier, fourth tier. Yeah, Lithuanian team. And according to this article, they don't really get to play when the team is playing good teams. And when they play bad teams, they kind of like get to sort of come out and, and put up a lot of empty stats. And the whole thing is for show. And there's a strong implication that this is uh, uh, really, really negatively impacting LaMelo's development. Um, I watched five minutes of an episode of ball Ugh. in the family which wow. was I couldn't do it excruciating but um yeah. that 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 show is specifically designed um to make those guys look good um yeah. and they don't um <laughs> especially LaMelo I mean I know the kid is only 16 and I feel bad uh ragging on someone who's just 16 and and hasn't figured out who he is um, but uh, he comes off as a, a you know, just an entitled, petulant uh, brat. He, he, he just comes off horribly. Um, so don't watch that. But uh, how, many, <laughs> how many episodes of that show do you think have aired? Oh, man. Five. It debuted in August. And they have done 23 episodes. What? Over the course of two seasons. Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay, uh, how long are the episodes? Are short, right? They're like a half hour. What? Yeah. Oh my god! You know, listen, it. It's really easy for us to judge the man. So far, has gotten everything he's wanted. Yeah. But I do not understand. I it really feels like all of this is for the dad, and. I, it feels very exploitative of his children. Mm-hmm. It feels like he's robbing the youngest kid. First of all, fucking, sorry, finishing high school. Oh, I'll just leave it in, or we'll just leave it in. I don't know. I'll let you know after <laughs> finishing high school. Yeah, you're right? you're really really selling. Uh, 
your kid short if you don't have them at least finish high school. High school. Like, okay, he doesn't need to go to college. He can Brandon Jennings it up. But he's the kid is 16, and he actually has, like, his older brother, by all accounts, the middle brother, uh, uh, Leangelo, is uh-huh. that Leangelo? Yeah. Has no NBA prospects. Yeah. Like, is not an NBA player. And that and but the youngest kid was thought well we don't know yet but he's really really good in high school and we'll see what he gets when he gets to college but he could actually be a pro yeah and now I would be shocked if that ever happened I think these guys are gonna um, you know get their five minute you know their fifteen minutes of fame feels like it's I mean obviously they'll if the older brother ends up being a star it will help keep them around on some level but like their moment the dad's moment this moment is not going to last people are already getting tired of this dude yeah and so. Well, so the dad has personality his at least, future. and if I, as long as Lonzo is in the NBA, people will probably listen to what he has to say to some degree. Uh, yeah, to a, some degree, but this a show fever will not pitch be right now. And and like, but but really, for the youngest kid, like, you better hope your bro- older brother wants to pay for your life, because man, like, I just feel like this kid was robbed. He's, his amateur status is gone. Can't go to college. Can't play. Probably doesn't make the league. Maybe plays in Europe. I mean, what is he learning? Like from everything in the article, like they're not. He's not advancing at all. Yeah, he's not being challenged. You know, he's not being challenged at all. And it, like they're not it's, doing. It's a anything. crucial phase. I mean, the best best players in the world um, at that point in, in their development, it's it's not a sure thing. And the guys that make it, you know, there's there's hundreds, if not thousands, of kids that have supreme levels of talent, and and the ones yeah. that make it are the ones that work really really hard. And now yeah. you have this kid living in a country that he hates, um, who's never being challenged, who gets kind of like. You know, gets a little bit of run every time his team is playing. You know, a, a semi-professional. Uh, a yeah, it goes and clowns on people who are not worth m- dealing with. Doesn't really get to play against anyone that he's even kind of at his level. And even then, when they does, they, they're so much older than him. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just, it's just. I feel really bad. I, I, I haven't seen the show, so for me, he's not a unlikable guy or whatever. I don't really care one way or the other about him, but like I. Just that article makes you really feel for him and really feel like the dad. It, this is such a – it feels like such an ego trip for the father. Un- unlikable is maybe like – maybe I'm being a little harsh. It's unlikable in the way that like petulant children are unlikable where you're just like, man, uh, your parent needs to correct this behavior. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha, which his dad is obviously not doing because yeah. his dad just thinks that his kids should be handed everything. I, I just don't – I don't get it. I mean, I, I, I just – it makes me really sad, so – so yeah, not good. Read the article; it's really, really well done. Um, they should have let him talk to the youngest brother. I think that mm-hmm. might have helped. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I hope for the best. Honestly, I just hope for the best. But it doesn't, it doesn't look great. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, yeah, I don't, I don't want to root against any kid. Um, exactly. Yeah, I would like to see him make it, but, but uh, it's not. I, I, I just, you know, I don't really care about his basketball career. I just want to see him make it as a human being. Uh-huh. Exactly. Agreed. Um, this kid is in a... Strong a, agree. Uh, uh, extremely sheltered from reality, it looks like. Um, he also has a coach who doesn't speak the same language as... I mean, I just... That whole thing is ridiculous. Well, they promoted uh, LeVar to head coach, didn't they? I Is that a permanent thing, or was that just for that game? It might be just for certain games. Um, yeah. yeah read, read the article. It's pretty fascinating. And it's... Yeah, it is. Kind of amusing on the surface, but it's also very grim. Um, very. Yeah. Also, if you didn't see uh, on uh, the Inside the NBA broadcast on Thursday, they did it from the Saturday Night Live studios. And uh, oh, cool! I didn't see that. That sounds awesome. The uh, what's the guy's name from Keenan and Cal? It's on Saturday Night Live. I forget which one's which. Keenan. Keenan. Um, he uh, came on uh, for maybe like five minutes as. Uh, LeVar Ball, and it's hilarious. Oh, really? It is extremely funny. Um, Kenan Thompson is who you're talking about. Yeah, Kenan Thompson. His impression, I, I think that guy's pretty funny. Um, I think he's funny. I think yeah. a lot of his impressions kind of just are him in a wig doing like sort of his like <laughs> kind of jokes, which is fine. That's a lot of Saturday Life. But his LeVar Ball impression is like scary good. Scary good. Um, and it's hilarious. Uh, that sounds great. What is Kel doing these days? Oh, he's currently starring as Double G on the Nickelodeon series Game Shakers. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. By the way, have you seen what uh, Keenan Thompson's lady looks like? No, I have not. Yeah, you should look that up. <laughs> like, I certainly will. <laughs> it's amazing. That guy's probably uh-huh. like our age, and he's been... 
doing this stuff forever. You know? Keenan, he's like, yeah, he's like 39. Cool. So he's a little older than this, but like, yeah, killing it. Good for him. Good for him. He's funny. Funny yeah. guy. I hate yeah. I hate Saturday Night Live, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not a not a big fan of Saturday Night Live. Don't find it funny. No. Where, where are the financial problems? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's about it. Yeah, for the yeah. the rules. Was, um, what a great show we did this week, my friend. I hope so. Yeah, I never know. You know, I don't. I never know either. Yeah. But I enjoy it. I do. I enjoy doing it. Um, yeah, for sure. But we we hope that someday someone will enjoy listening to it too. Someday, yeah, someday somewhere we'll have like a, a a real passionate fan base, and and someone will go They'll back hang on through and listen to all the old episodes. <laughs> Be like, dang, you guys did not do what you, you know what you were doing. <laughs> like, dang, like Luol Deng. I do have to apologize. Uh, last week, uh, uh, my roommates were in my kitchen having a conversation uh, while we were recording, and I didn't really think it would pick up on the mic. Can microphone. you hear it? Yeah. You can't hear what they're saying, but it but definitely sounds like there. there's a conversation going on in the background. That's crazy. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, peak, we're not professionals, people. A little peek behind the curtain. Um, Although I am about to upgrade my gear pretty excited about that that is very exciting mr yeah. job update, yeah yeah updating his gear which job hopefully okay. means that i get to inherit a nicer mic than the last mic i inherited from you <laughs> <laughs> i don't know this one i borrowed this one actually isn't mine so oh okay it needs to it needs to be returned is why i need to upgrade my gear oh well that's fine but you might inherit my do you have a pop filter i forget i don't okay you might inherit my pop filter but i don't really pop a lot you pop all day long Pop, 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 all day. Yeah. Okay, we're just meandering now. <laughs> You're snap, crackle, and pop. All right, let's go. <laughs> um, we uh, love talking about basketball. We hope that you guys will see you all listening about basketball. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Yeah. Goodbye.